You know, I was thinking uh, we should do one of those, you know, those episodes that podcasts sometimes do where they just throw the usual format out the window and the whole episode, they just answer listener questions, like, you know, questions that the listeners send in. So the whole episode is just us answering, answering questions. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, there's only one problem with that. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't have any. Any questions? No, listeners. Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 32 of Game Life Balance Australia. I am your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined as always by the first man to climb Mount Everest blindfolded, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. I wasn't even in the right country at first. Like, that, that kept spinning me around and like pushing me. Yep. It was like one of those pin the tail on the donkey things that I just kept going and going and going, Andrew, come back. You at least need oxygen tanks. <laughs> Took you a few goes. <laughs> I got there. Yep. I pinned the tail right on top of that motherfucking Everest. <laughs> Some guy's corpse. <laughs> there are uh, a lot of corpses. Yeah. There. Strewn corpses. You might say there's a plethora of corpses. <laughs> but they, they lead the way to the top. Yeah, that's right. Follow the dead bodies. If you ever get lost on Mount Everest, pro tip, folks. Uh, just follow the trail of dead bodies. Though, if you get lost on Mount Everest, you probably deserve what you get, really. I mean, you, yeah. if you shouldn't really go up there unless you really know what you're doing. Yeah, like you. Yeah, I mean, I knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing blindfolded with a pin the tail on the donkey, wearing nothing <laughs> but a pair of boxer shorts. It was just a really bad birthday party that went horribly wrong for you. <laughs> horribly, horribly wrong. This was just last weekend, wasn't That's it? That's right. Yeah, very much. We might talk about that a bit later. Yeah, we should, actually. We, we should talk about that. because AC's 36th birthday party. Yeah. I'm that old, people. It's a bit of a bit of debauchery. A bit of... um. A bit of switch play. Yeah, there, there was a lot of switcheroo which, which going sounds, on there. It sounds really sexual now. It, <laughs> it sounds like we had a key party. Oh, God. Yeah. But I, Except I, with switch controllers. The only way I can get off these days is with some switch play. Uh, <laughs> um, and you don't even own a switch. You have to keep borrowing mine, yeah, which I is know. really awkward. I have to like, wipe it clean every time. And and I, just... I need my Joy-Cons back. <laughs> Joy-Cons? That, that sounds sexual as well, doesn't it? You know, There's a whole lot of things about the switch that's, that just, it just sounds very dirty. <laughs> Dirty and and I think disgusting. Actually, I think they should be ashamed of themselves. Here we go, AM Rob. <laughs> That's right. Like, and we're going to we're going to take caller number three now. And what do you think? I think we should change the Australian flag. Well, I think we should too. Make it all one big Union Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's. That's what people actually say on Talkback Radio in yeah. Australia. Except, except with a swastika in the middle, because that just speaks to me. Some for some reason. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's some, I don't know. I just like you're the way... Not, you're white, aren't you? Kind of blonde hair? Yeah. Fairly, fairly light coloured? I'd like to be blonde. Yeah, you'd like to... <laughs> <laughs> it would be good. <laughs> We're going to get picked up. I'm surprised we... <laughs> Do we even still go out to iTunes? We, we must, because people subscribe to us on iTunes. So uh, we must I, be going out there somehow. I haven't told... Uh, AC, I, I should have told you this a long time ago, yeah. but I have stopped posting this podcast like <laughs> 12 episodes ago. I'm in charge of the... <laughs> I'm in charge of those social media, which I never use, which explains a lot. So they come see this latest episode, episode number... <laughs> we actually didn't know what episode it was today, folks. We had to look it up. I thought, yeah. maybe it's 30, episode 34, and we're going to do a stream of nonsense soon. No, no, I'm afraid not. Now, you've got three more of these. 
Oh no, two more of these before you can enjoy after this one the hilarious antics of stream of nonsense episode uh, seven it would be i think so but until then we've got more stuff like what we're doing today for you talking good on the radio shows uh like for example boy, boy the listeners at home are so lucky to have us aren't they i really am lucky to invite us onto their devices i think we're lucky. we're a virus actually we're lucky that they have so little to do with their lives that they listen to this so god bless those hopeless losers i was listening to us playing zelda the other day and about halfway through, I forgot that it was us, and I was like, thinking, "Who's these guys in shut up?" Oh, it's me. Oh, no, that's all right then. <laughs> they really, they really suck at podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we we are going to play a game, and like we we reviewed uh, One Two Switch last week. We did, we did, and we had a jolly old romp with that. Yeah. And I've been playing Zelda for the past week, mm-hmm. so of course we are going to review Double Dragon. Expecting me to say something or no 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 I was just, <laughs> I was gonna say for the Sega Master System but yeah. kind of kind of not yeah Double Dragon in general in general but not the movie that's not a video game it's a movie about a video game is is there Double Dragon the movie the video game uh mm, that's a good question we should review that if there we is should. if there is such a thing we should dedicate an entire episode talking we, about we, it. we did that with Street Fighter the movie yeah that was a great episode the game. That was... <laughs> everyone loved that one. <laughs> So, double dragon. That's right. There are two dragons. That's right. There's not just one. There's two dragons. So that's twice your money's... Double dragon with cheese. Twice the value. That's a great game. (laughs) Yeah. I like to think there was a promotion out there when the Mm. movie came out where you could order a double double dragon with cheese. (laughs) Yeah, hold the pickles, though. It's disgusting. Um, So... (laughs) But you could you could call those pickles segments of dragon tail. A supersize my double dragon, please. The triple dragon. Yeah, that's right. Quadruple dragon. That sounds better. Quadruple dragon patent pending. Yeah, we should make that game. We should totally patent that. That's a new game of the podcast. Mm-hmm. A new new game of the podcast. Name of the podcast. New game of the podcast. Whatever. Uh, we're bad at talking. That's why we do a podcast. <laughs> To improve our talking, which, oh, which, which doesn't work. It hasn't been happen- It hasn't happened yet. We hold, we hold out hope that one day we may actually get good at talking. You know, it's funny because we've actually been working together in in radio style. Yeah, since for... about, eight, about eight years old, I think. Yeah, yeah, since yeah. about 1989. Yeah, so, you know, so, yeah. yeah. We haven't gotten any better. No, 27 <laughs> years. Okay, moving on. 28 years. Yes, yeah, so I can a, count. A couple of years um, after this game came out. <laughs> there you go. That's a there you go. Yeah. Okay, so this game is a beat-em-up. Yes. One of the kind of... It's not the original beat-em-up. No. It didn't set... It, it wasn't... It, it set the standard for the genre, I think yeah. it's fair to say, yes. of what a beat-em-up is and what it could be. And it kind of revealed a lot of the potential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was released in 1987 in Japan by yeah. Technos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was distributed throughout America and the rest of the world by Taito, yeah. I do believe. Which is... Oh, I mean, you know, Taito are a games developer and a distributor as well, so... Taito games generally were pretty rad, I think. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't really count as a Taito game, but no. I, do love, I do love Taito. Yeah, they're, they're all right. Uh, yeah, so this game is a beat-em-up, as Andrew said. Uh, so one of the things that sets this game a, a bit apart from the, the competition at the time was that it allows you to... Um, not only move left to right on the screen, but also up and down vertically. So it has a sort of a 3D-ish feel to it because you can you can you know move to the foreground and the background of of the screen to a limited extent. Like there's a there's an area that you can't move beyond, but you can sort of move up and down, left and right. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's basically a side-scrolling beat 'em up. You have a health bar. 
uh, and you can punch and kick and you can jump and kick and you can do elbows and headbutts and all sorts of fun things. You can even grab hold of your enemies and wail on them or you can get your friend to come over and punch them in the stomach and stuff. It's good. Sometimes with a baseball bat. It's good fun. Yeah, there's weapons as well. I think that's one of the things that this game did first. So there were games like this before, but what this game, one of the things this game did that was unique was that the enemies carry weapons like whips, baseball bats, knives, um, dynamite, even as like cartoon dynamite. It know, is like, very, very cartoon. Like the kind of thing that um, that Bugs Bunny would use, you know. Um, and uh, and if if you can like you know knock your enemy down when they're holding the weapon, they'll drop it, and then you can pick it up and turn the tables on them and kill them with their own baseball bat, which is super fun. It is super fun. Mm. And this is actually kind of a sequel, but not really. It's 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 kind of a... Yeah, spiritual successor, let's I think say. That, I think that's the best way to put it. Mm. Um, of a game that Technos made before that, I think which basically translates to Renegade. Yeah. Which was also a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but uh, was only one player and didn't use any weapons. You were just wailing on people, really. Yeah, the fact that it... That's the other thing that really sets the game apart is that it's two player and hence the name double dragon mm. it's really trying to cash in on the fact that hey you can play this game with someone else it's a beat em up that you can play with your friends it's a game about love really when you think about <laughs> it because the plot of the game is about love in a way <laughs> so tell me why don't you describe what happens at the start of the game ac okay now panties 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 <laughs> panties panties underpants oh, underpantskis yeah all right look no, okay. So, so basically, there's a woman in the street. Some thugs come up. I think I think you could describe them accurately as thugs. I would say they're thugs. Uh, yeah. they, they, goons, perhaps. Goons, possibly hired goons. Possibly. Uh, they actually just like totally just beat her in the stomach. Yes. Like punch her right, like, in the right, guts. right in the solar plexus. She's <laughs> down for the count. Sling her over the shoulder. Now, in the arcade version, when when they walk off with her. You totally see her underpants. That's very important. Very, apparently. very important fact. You can write that down, kids. You can see her. I'll give you time. I'll give you time to write this down. Yeah. You can see her underpants. Yes. Okay. I mean, this might be the first time in an arcade where that happened. Possibly. Actually, probably not because yeah. it's from Japan. Yeah. And <laughs> Japan don't really hold back when it comes to stuff like that, especially love, in the 80s. They love their panty shots. They do. They really, really do. Uh, but yeah, so they, they walk off with the lady who I assume you have some kind of relationship with. Because you and possibly your mate mm-hmm. come out of the garage where you've got a sweet T-Bird yes it's a, oh, it looks like a Trans Am actually it's like a sweet 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 car yeah anyway um, you could have used that car to run them down but no no, no, no. Or, at least, or at least driven up to where the baddies live but instead you decide to walk yeah you decide, decide to like you know leg it <laughs> this is this is funny because yeah this game, and I yeah. didn't know this till recently, is meant to be like uh, set in a post-apocalyptic world. That's right. I understand that to be the case. And the yeah. thing is, it just looks like the 1980s to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it says a lot that the 80s did have a kind of a dystopian vibe to them. You know what I mean? Unless you're one of the, the yuppies, one of the well-off people. Uh, then your life was surrounded by graffiti and broken bottles and people with spiky sh- shoulder armor. <laughs> And, and afros. Uh, there were lot, yeah. lots of blonde afros And a in lot this of game. women getting punched in the stomach and dragged away. Yeah. Um, so basically, you go through the game. Mm. There aren't that many sprites. Uh, there's a variety enough. There is actually more variety in this game than there are in some other games. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtles. Uh. That's right. There's a few different enemies that you can uh, encounter. They have names, don't they? They do. Actually, it's funny because they, don't, they aren't named on screen no. um, like they would in the later uh, very popular beat him up Final Fight mm. uh, which is one of my personal favourite games um, but they do have names according to um, my source aka Wikipedia and I'll read them out to you now because okay. I think they're pretty funny so you've got um, well we'll start with the the most boring uh, Williams okay 
Um, he's just a dude, you know, just Williams. Okay, yep, sure. Um, then you got Linda, who's a lady. Is she the afro? Yeah, she has an afro. A blonde afro. Yeah, in the, so in the arcade game, she has a bl- blonde afro. In the uh, the ports, I think she has like a red afro. Yeah. Uh, you, but you made an apt comparison to Patty and Selma. Yeah, she looks a lot like... Patty and or Selma from The Simpsons. Um, not particularly <laughs> sexy, but I think I think she was meant to be sexy in in, in uh, 1987 times. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, blonde afros were very big back then. Yeah, that was, was all the rage, as they say. Uh, but then we started to get a bit a bit more interesting. You got you got Jeff. Uh, That's very interesting. He's the boss of the second stage. You know that guy at the end of oh, the yeah, second yeah, stage? Yeah. Yep. You know, he mm-hmm. looks a lot... He's basically like a palette swap of one of you <laughs> for the main characters, basically. Right, right. Um, by, the, by the way, their names are uh, Bimmy and Jimmy, of course. <laughs> yes, um, Billy and Jimmy. We all know this. There was a terrible typo at the end of um, the Nintendo version. The, the, of... the start of the third game on Nintendo. Yeah, that's right. On the NES. Yes. So they are forever Bimmy and Jimmy now. Uh, yeah, so you've got Jeff. Um, he must be like, you know, like the evil twin or something of you guys. Uh, then you've got uh, Willie, who's the leader of the gang. He's the guy, he's the last boss, he has a gun. He's the only guy in the game that has a gun. Smart. Which, again, I, makes me think that the, it must be a post-apocalypse. Because he's got the one gun and the one yeah. clip, and that's how he rose that's, to that's right. prominence. <laughs> he's just got the only gun in the world. And he's like, right, bring me a woman, I don't care who it is. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Someone with white panties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you've got Jick. I'm not even kidding you. Jick. J-I-K? No, J-I-C-K. Oh, well then. Yeah. I was corrected. And he's the boss of the first and third stages. He's the guy with the mohawk. Who okay, looks yep. a lot like Mr. T. A lot like... Yeah. Um, he's basically Mr. T. He's Mr. T. Uh, and then you've got Rauper. R-O-W-P-E-R. Yep. And he's basically like Williams. He's just a, a dude. Just a dude? Yeah. Okay. But, he, but he, he can also... Are, are we getting to my favourite? Are we getting... getting it? We are. We're getting that. So everyone's favourite. Yep. Everyone's... Everyone's the star of the game, Really? Really? A Bobo. A Bobo. He's awesome. Yeah. He is a big, chunky piece of man cake. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's buff, I would say. I mean, yeah. His head also yeah. looks like uh, <laughs> someone's dislocated shoulder yeah. wrapped around three times in a bun. I don't know what it is, but that guy's forehead is really freaky. Yeah, he looks like if Jeff Fennick had like a like a bicycle pump instead of his anus. Nobody's going to know who Jeff Fennick is. Right. He looks like if Mike Tyson had a bicycle pump instead of his anus <laughs> and then like had his head inflated like a cartoon. Yeah, basically. Um, so this giant, big-headed, like shirtless dude who just busts right out of brick walls and attacks you? Like kind of like um, kind of like a uh, Vivian from uh, the Young Ones. The young you know, ones, yeah, just yeah. bursts right through walls and then just starts wailing on you. Uh, so Abobo is pretty cool. Yep. And I should say these guys, you end up killing them like multiple times. Yeah, yeah. There's lots and lots and lots. There's of many the Abobos. Yeah. There's not just one. It's it's kind of like a toad in in Mario. There's like there's probably there's a like species of Abobo. <laughs> That's right. They're their own subgenre of humanity. Yeah, and they come in different different skin tones as well. You've got like the light skinned abobo, the dark skinned abobo. Oh, I was abobo. about to say, do they come in any other colours? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can even get a green abobo if you're so if you're so inclined. I, I am inclined to the green abobo. So there's four stages. Yep. Um you've got you start with like the city stage, which starts right out front of your cool garage where you're like, you know, um T Bird or whatever it is is parked. Yep. Um and then you progress to like a factory kind of level. And then from there, you go to like a jungle. Yeah, some kind of reason. a forest sort Forest-y, of. Forest-y, yeah. jungle-y area. And then you're in, you're in the main hideout, aren't you? Yeah, which is it's kind of like a like a supervillain castle, basically. Like, it's weird that this gang of goons that wear like leather jackets and one of them has a gun, maybe, um, live in a castle. So again, it makes me think post-apocalypse. Perhaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, if, if I had a gun, I'd live in a castle. So one thing in this I is- just imagine everyone in America yeah. lives in a castle because they've all got guns. That's right. 
I so it made me think that this might be set in like England or something because <laughs> you know you go you post go, apocalyptic yeah, England. Yeah, you go out. Of, you go outside of London hmm. through the factory, the one factory in London that there is, and then um, you're in the woods. You know, like where Robin Hood lives and shit. And then uh, and then there's a castle because England. You've never been to England before, have you? No, no. But I have a, I have a wife who is English, and therefore everything I've said is 100 percent correct. <laughs> one factory in London, castles everywhere. So that's basically the game. Um, you walk around punching people in the face. What's, what's the, the nuts final boss's name? Does he have a name? Yeah, I, I told you before. It's uh, it's Willie. Oh, okay. All right, right, yeah, right. right. I, th- I thought he was like one of the generic yeah. cookie cutter villains. But the cool thing about the game, at least on the Master System version, which I have completed. I haven't completed the arcade version. Hmm. I will come clean. But at the end of the Master System version, if you're playing two player and you do kill Willie, yep. then, um, you know, the lady is set free, your beloved girlfriend. Hmm. But whose girlfriend is it, right? Is it Bimmy's girlfriend or Jimmy's girlfriend? Billy. Well, the only way to sort this out is to fight to the death. So basically, you have to kill the other guy. And whoever wins that fight yeah. is the winner of the game. So on- there can o- only be one. There can be only one. There can be only one. There Thank can you. be only one. There can be only one dude who gets this- <laughs> the girl who was Just, punched in okay. the gut. Very important question. <laughs> yeah. Do you see her panties again? I don't know. I think she might give you a snog or something. Oh. Maybe we should maybe we should actually concentrate on completing the arcade version, yeah. if you know what I mean. Just so you can see whether there's so, panties or not. Yeah. You're disgusting further. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a disgusting... <laughs> I've, I've been without my, my wife, my beloved wife, for about yeah. two weeks now. And disgusting perversion is back. That, that, that panty shot at the start of the game is, like, the best the best you've had for, like, a long time. So, um, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, and I have access to the internet. So, we played the arcade version today. Yeah. So, this is interesting because there are a lot of ports. Yes. There are there's, many, there's, many a port. It was, it was ported to all sorts. Of, I have a list here, actually. Okay. Of ports. So, um, we the ports that we have played, yeah. we, we have the arcade game on MAME. Now, mm-hmm. when you play one player, it's awesome. When you actually double up the double dragon, as mm-hmm. they might say, yeah. uh, there is a phenomenal amount of slowdown. And I don't yeah. know if that's because of my MAME cabinet, but I get the feeling that it's a pretty early 16-bit game, so it might actually be emulating the original hardware, in yeah. which case there wasn't awful lot of slowdown yeah it's original but i don't know because i can't remember playing the original in the arcades yeah so we can't we can't say for sure we don't have the actual arcade machine to to verify this but we're not that old yet (laughs) but it does seem like it's weird because your main cabinet can play games that are much more technically advanced than this at very high frame rates yeah so it's weird that this one slows down a lot um it could be a bad emulation that is possible yeah it's either a bad emulation or this is what the game actually is yeah, like. It's emulating the actual game. Yeah. So it's hard to say, but um, yeah, it was actually kind of unplayable with two players, which kind of sucked. Yeah. So, like the buttons did not yeah. press to the command. You had to time everything and it was very annoying. So we went and played the Master System version, yeah, which, which is the version you had growing up. That's right. I owned the Master System version of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't mean owned it as in like I'm really good at the game, although I am. But I mean, I actually owned the damn thing and I didn't have to rent it like most of the games I played. So... so the thing is that yeah. in the Master System version, you have infinite lives. Yes, that's right. So every time you die, you can just hit like any button and, and come back. Except for the last level of the yeah, game. Yeah, when you, when you get to mission four, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it says, you have infinite lives up until this mission. And in which case, if you didn't kill yourself before the end of the last like yeah. level th- mission three. Yes. Uh, you might end up with zero lives and like two health bars. In so, which case, you're pretty much boned. Yeah, so like pro strats for a Master System version of Double Dragon if, you, if you're if you trying to beat that game. I know there's plenty of you out there that are. Um, just jump off the, the edge of the cliff um, at the boss fight at the end of level three um, until you get, you know, your full... You know, pro your, tip, suicide. Your maximum, yeah. Pro, suicide is the answer in this case. Um Please, we do not advocate suicide. Uh, but anyway, kill yourself. And then what happens is you get your, your lives back, right? 
And, you know, you want to have, like, three lives to try and beat the last level because otherwise it's damn, damn hard to beat. It is a very, like, that last level is a bit of a killer just because, mm. you, because you've been so blasé about dying up until that point. Yeah. And this actually makes you really concentrate and go, oh, my God, I've actually got to get good at the game. Yeah, suddenly, you're, good. suddenly you're forced to actually play it well, which is, is you know, challenging. Yeah. Uh, but there's so, other ports of the game as well. Yep. The Nintendo version of the game, which the many NES. of our listeners will be familiar with, yep. the NES version, is, um, I'm going to say it, significantly inferior to the Master System version of the game. Tell me why, AC. Why is, well, it, why is it so much worse? So you know how it's called Double Dragon? Yes. And so double meaning, you know, usually twice as many as normal. Yes. So you do right. normally have one. Double means two. Yeah. So two dragons. Yeah. I would call this single dragon or possibly divorce dragon <laughs> because there is only one. Yeah. It's, can, it's, it's kind of like yeah. you... And it, the graphics aren't great. They're kind of ordinary for the mm. NES version. I mean, there's a slightly less bit of flicker than the uh, Master System one. Yeah. But this is one of the rare cases where the Master System version is, is actually much, much better. Because you can play at the same time. I mean, there is an ult- a thing on the uh, NES version. Lot, there's, there's alternating play. Yeah. So you can like take turns playing it, which mm. is like which is so much worse. Yeah, it's so much. That's and so it kind of defeats the whole... In some ways, it really defeats the whole purpose of the game, which was to sort of impress you impressionable youths of 1987 with how cool it is that you can play it you know two player yeah so the, the whole premise of the game is kind of just like ruined really by the Nintendo um, entertainment system version. you know what I was impressed with in 1986 mm. 1987 sorry what panties <laughs> and you still you still maintain your your, your lifelong I'm going to say interest in panties to this day well I so. mean you know I, I was I was a young impressionable lad yeah and I thought Japan they know what's going on with panties <laughs> that's why that's why you went there yeah, you the, can home find of, them out of, the home of panties the home of panties the home of vending machine panties where you can buy them <laughs> oh, dear. soiled panties from yeah well y- look that's, can I just ask you something yeah how prevalent are the soiled panties? I mean, because I think a lot of people okay, at home okay, are thinking one. that they're everywhere. Every street corner, there's a panties machine, you know. Like. Pro- they may have been before I got there. but yeah. Okay, so sex shops, mostly. Yeah. But when I say soiled, I don't I don't mean like... There's not, there's not like, you know... Um, uh, big skid marks on them. Or that's like right, that. yeah. Uh, no, it's just they're used. They have been worn by a girl mm-hmm. and you get a Polaroid photo of the girl who wore the panties <laughs> in the panties so you know that they're the panties she wore but they are consenting like they're selling their panties for this oh yes yeah. no no there's a there's a market for this yeah, yeah. in japan um i think we bought a one and this this is not just me this is my wife and i bought one as a souvenir for her boss <laughs> uh, what a great culture yeah yeah it's a thing uh, I, I think they got rid of them in most places but they they still sell them in some in some sex stores see it seems to me like the kind of thing where like it's like an urban legend that they're like everywhere or something you know? i think i think they were in places that were possibly not sex stores for a little while and yeah. the government went hang on like this has been picked up internationally mm. no no boner boy put it back this doesn't look good for us yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is you know because they sell everything in vending machines in mm. japan yeah they they sell like um, not beer? just food and drink. They sell beer, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sell uh, books. They mm-hmm. sell convenience store items. They sell ties, shirts. Uh, I've seen those in vending machines. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. Like you know, like you know, and it's you desperately need a shirt, and there's a vending machine nearby. Yeah. It's happened to everyone. There's always everyone's had this happen where a bird has shit on you on the way to work, and yeah. you're like, great. What am I going to do? Well, Japan has your answer. Well, here's the funny thing about Japan: mm. not a lot of birds there. <laughs> Mostly because there's no trees. That's because <laughs> everything everything uh, has been built up by so much concrete over the years. And you know what? In some train stations, especially the underground ones, yeah. they play bird noises 
So it sounds like there's birds chirping under there. Oh, wow. And but something something in your brain goes, uh-uh, this isn't right. What's not right? Why am I hearing birds chirping? Oh, it's a playback on a loop. Oh, man. To make it sound like there's more nature down here in the underground uh, than there is up, up in actual real Tokyo land. You know what? That's that's like something that you'd see in like Blade Runner. You know, like it's a robot bird. You know, it's the thing like, yep. it's the best we can do. It pretty much is the best they can do. Oh, God. That's, that's, that's what the rest of the world's going to be like in a few years. Yep. I Look forward sure. to it. Especially at the rate that I don't recycle. <laughs> You're doing your part <laughs> for our, right. our post-apocalyptic overlords. I want a robot bird, AC, and I'm prepared to throw everything in the trash can to make that happen. <laughs> robot birds already exist, Rob. Okay, do you recommend this game? <laughs> really? Yes. I know there's Billy Bass, the singing bass. Well, think of that. Of which I have several. <laughs> think of that just shaped in a bird. Okay, cool. I'm down. <laughs> so would you would you recommend Robotic Birds and or Double Dragon? Okay, all right. So this game is pretty old, and you know the arcade version is like it's a it's a historical it's a piece of historical you know interest. Yeah. You know, like it's like going to a museum and you're like, wow, Double Dragon. Yeah, that's a important thing that happened in video game history. But I don't know if you really need to play it. Like there are better beat 'em ups. There are better, and I'm going to say there are better retro beat 'em ups. Than, than Double Dragon like Final Fight is generally it's basically the same game you know there's like street punks with mohawks and they've got knives and baseball bats it's the same freaking thing but it's better so I don't know that you really need to play this game anymore I mean it's fun and it, you know seeing that chick get punched in the stomach and seeing her panties is like it's a cool thing even today it was it was hardcore back then yeah the I remember being as a kid playing the game on my master system at home like I'm like you know my brother is sitting next to me he's four years younger than me I'm like ten he's like six and we're like, damn, that woman just got punched in the stomach. You don't you know, do that. Nobody, nobody does that's that. That's so wrong. Like, you know, maybe video games are ruining our minds. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we're both like desensitization is the best. Both secretly thrilled at how violent it was. You know, so that I mean it's it's cool. But I don't know. You, I'm kind of on the fence about this one. It's fun. It's, but but you know, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. Don't 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 play it. Just watch a video of it or something like that. You know. Yeah. Anyway, what do, what do you think? Do you think people should rush out and, and buy a copy of this game on their, on their master system that I'm sure they all own? <laughs> or or buy a main cabinet because their wives probably are fine with that? Kind of uh, yeah, um, Every, everyone's wife is fine with a, a main cabinet. They and love them. Wives love main cabinets. Okay, so <laughs> should, should you go out and buy this game? No, you should not. Okay. But mm. you should be aware of it. Okay. This is yeah. one of those instances yeah. where I say, look... Just... You don't have to go out and buy this game. It, it, when you play it, it plays... Not as good as a lot of other beat em ups, especially ones that came only a couple of years later. However, at the time and for many years afterward, afterwards, it was known as somewhat of a cultural touchstone for gamers. Mm. Everyone knew what Double Dragon was, possibly because of the alliteration. Yes. But it's also a game that many people already know that associate. Mm. With beat em ups, possibly even more than Final Fight to a certain extent. Yeah, it is kind of like the beat em up of beat em ups. Yeah, you know. And yeah. When the Double Dragon game came out, uh, sorry, the movie came out. Mm. I remember it was it was too little, too late. Mm. Like it was such a B movie mm. where they, they were wearing like uh, like red and red and, and blue, blue and, geese and yeah. no, just like you're ten years too late, guys. If you'd done this, like mm. when martial arts films were popular back in the eighties, mm. you could have you could have squeezed something out of that. Yeah. But by that stage it it had already become a bit of a joke with everything else that's going on. So yeah. be aware of it. Maybe like check out a YouTube review of it or just yeah. listen to our podcast. I would say like the thing about the game that's really good is is not so much the gameplay anymore, but the vibe hmm. of the game is cool. 
You know, like there's graffiti on all the walls. The dudes have got mohawks and leather jackets. It's very 80s. It's very punk rock. It's very... It kind of feels like the version of New York City that you saw in like movies in the 80s. You know, people with switchblades and stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's it's that kind of like dirty, gritty New York vibe that, that you just don't see anymore these days. So for that reason alone, go look it up on YouTube or something and, and check it out and just get a sense for what this game was and, and how cool it was back in 1987. So we'll, we'll briefly touch on this because I know a lot of people would want us to. Mm. Uh, Double Dragon 2. Yeah. One of the better... Uh, NES games Yes uh, And you know The arcade game Is much more refined as well yeah. Still possibly not Quite as refined As Final Fight Yeah uh, And also your girlfriend Gets gunned down In the first scene Yeah that's right No no panties No nothing yeah. just, just just They come back And they're just gunning down They were like You know We just punched you last time But this time We mean business Yeah uh, And that's And again That just upped the ante Because the first time You saw her getting punched In the stomach You thought Damn That's violent That's really brutal but then they just shoot her down in the street, you know, like way to raise the stakes. Yeah, I mean um, that that really did do, you know, that that was pretty hardcore for the time. And it turns the theme of the game from like a rescue your girlfriend theme to a revenge it's theme. It's just because it yeah. is actually called like Double Dragon 2: The Revenge. It's yeah. literally that is literally its title. Yeah. And then if you ever play any two Double Dragon games, mm. Uh, because I have a lot of them, and I've played a lot of them over the years. There is Double Dragon 1 for arcade and ported to a whole bunch of stuff. There's Double, Double Dragon 2 for arcade and the NES, which is popular. Mm-hmm. There's Double Dragon 3 only for the NES and a couple of other ports, I think. I'm not yeah. sure if it even ever came out in arcade. I might be wrong, but I never saw it. Mm. There is also Double Dragon Neo Geo, which is a fighting game. And there is also Super Double Dragon for the NES. Yeah, there's a lot of Double Dragons. Yeah, just, just play Double Dragon 1 for Super, if you have to. For the uh, Sega Master System. Yeah. And play Double Dragon 2 for the NES. That's all you, all you really need to do. All right, cool. Well, with that, why don't we move on to our game life segment? So what have you been doing with your life lately? Because every time, like, we do this segment, you always go, man, I don't have much to talk about. And it's like, you, I don't know, like, there's so there seems to be a lot going on in your life. Yeah. But at the same time, there's nothing going on in your life. I'm always complaining like you, about you're being going, busy. Oh, I'm so busy, man. <laughs> yeah. I've got so much to do. Mm. I was like, eh, i got nothing to say. I guess, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I cast my mind back over the last two weeks uh, today when I was thinking about the podcast yeah. and what I could talk about. Um, and I realized I hadn't actually, I don't think I've played any video games. That's so unusual for you. Over the last two weeks. I, I may because- have played a little bit of Fallout the day after we recorded, but yeah. that's... Kind of it. That's really. so weird so. because usually it's the opposite. Like yeah. usually I'll touch on a few games and mm. you know wet my whistle for a couple of things and then get bored of them very quickly and then yeah. you know go go off and do something else because I have a very low attention span. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like I've been playing a lot of game, well, mm. a lot of one particular game, and this time you've been just kind of not doing anything game related at all. Not really. I mean, I've been watching a few like videos of people playing games on the internet. And so stuff you, like you're that. staying in so- contact with. Yeah, listening to gaming podcasts and things. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm keeping up to speed with things. Like, you know, all, every, all the buzz around that um, Player Unknown's Battleground sort of game. You know, I, I'm, I'm keeping up to Murder speed Island. with things. Yeah, Murder <laughs> Island, exactly. Uh, but but uh, in terms of games I've actually been playing myself, not a lot. And it's funny you say that because I, I do feel like I'm always busy. Um, but I guess this past fortnight, I haven't been busy with games, really. So. Well, how's your daughter? How's, uh, she must be doing new and amusing things, because that's all yeah. children are there for. There you go, Our yeah. amusement. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, she's been um, uh, really cool. You know, she's she's learning a lot 
um, as kids do, I suppose. Um, she's her repertoire of words has increased, so her vocabulary, I guess, is the, is the phrase you would use. Repertoire, res- repertoire of words. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So her vocabulary is getting bigger. Uh, she knows things like um, mama. Um, Does she know dada? Sometimes she says dada, but I think it's by accident. It's, it's nothing to do with you. No, I don't think so. Um, she knows. Uh, oh, she's learned the word no. Oh dear. Which is very funny because we say no to her a lot. So, of course, you would learn the word no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. can, I, can I throw myself off this this table? No. Can yeah. I put my tongue in this electrical socket? No. Yeah, that's right. Can I, like, open up the bin and pull all the dirty eggshells out of it? No, you know. Um, but, so, she's learned the word no. And she says it. It's really funny. She says it in the tone of voice that we say it to her. Oh, dear. So, she'll be like, no. <laughs> and, you, know. you should start saying it like the queen. New. <laughs> and see if she does that too. New, I won't be doing that. Thank you very much. I don't much. think I need anyone else in my life doing that terrible accent. <laughs> One is enough. One is enough. Uh, but, yeah. So, she says no a lot. But she doesn't say it. Okay. So, sometimes she says it in the right context. Like you'll be you'll be telling her, Ruby, do you want any more dinner? You know, and she'll because she'll have finished sort of eating it and just playing with her food and stuff. And you're like, do you want any more dinner? And she'll be like, no, and shake her head. That, in, in that exact tone of voice, no, no. Um, and, but sometimes you'll be like, do you want to drink a water? And she'll be like, no. And then you give her the water and she just drinks it. You know, so it's <laughs> it's really weird. Like I'm not sure she fully understands what that word means. Maybe um, not yet. No, she's getting there though. Um, she's really cute and she's very affectionate right now, which is funny. Like she's. She kisses people and she hugs people, you know, like... Oh, that's very cute. Really, like, spontaneously as well. Mm. Like, she'll just lean in and give you a big kiss, um, which is lovely. Um, and dancing. She started to dance a bit. Oh, cute. So, when we have, like, ABC Kids on, like, the, that's the kids' channel. That, um, that must be the only channel that your TV has at the moment. Like, it's, you're kind of stuck on that. <laughs> we pretty much only watch ABC Kids. And then when Ruby goes to bed, my wife switches it to the Food Network. So, it's basically the, all I get to see on TV these days is the Food Network... And, and, and this kid's channel. So um, I think my brain is sort of atrophying at the moment. But um, yeah, she's, she's very sweet. I, but she did have a very bad, um, very bad nappy rash the last couple of days, which has made life a bit tough for her uh, okay. and for us as well. How uh, bad was it? How bad? Because nappy rash mm, can get kind of bad. On a scale of 1 to 10, yep. we're talking like an 8.5. Oh, um, It's really up there. Like, it's not It's not like take it to hospital bad. Yeah. But it's it's pretty bad. Is it bleeding bad? Yes. Yeah, um, but so today is the first day where it's actually started to improve. Um, and as a result, she was really, really happy today. You know how when you're like sick or something and then... The moment you start to recover even a little bit, you're just, like, so happy, you know, because yeah. you're like, oh, it's not as bad as it was yesterday. Like, that's what she's kind of like today. So, she's just really, really smiley and happy and running around playing and um, very, very um, social. Uh, but the last few days, she was very sad and clingy and um, tired and, uh, yeah, poor little thing. Basically, she's- basically like a little man. Really. Yeah, that's right. She has just man flu, you know, man like man flu of the man butt. nappy rash. That's right. Yeah, if there is such a thing, um, which I think could possibly happen. I'm sure. Yes. Late in life, you could have that. You know, in your 80s or 90s, you know, it's, it's a possibility. Um, when you're 80 or 90, not when we were in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Well, although for me, I definitely did. <laughs> it, okay. Maybe the start of the 80s, that was yeah. our thing. Yeah, early 80s. Uh, but yeah, the poor thing. Um, last night was particularly bad, actually. That was kind of what I'd call like the peak of the of the nappy rash, where um, we put her to bed, um, and she just was crying hysterically. And uh, we changed her nappy, and uh, I'm not going to go into details, but it was quite 
it was quite a, a, a bad a bad sight, mm. and and we were really worried. So um, we actually ended up calling one of those, you know, those like health, those government run health lines. Oh, the calm center. It's yeah. called like the. Um, uh, After hours, yeah, it's yeah. Just like it's this government thing. You ring up and speak to a nurse or something like that, um, and we were like, you know, explain what, what was happening. You'd and, worry, and- Sarah Napierish. She's quite, <laughs> she's quite normal for a bit. Que- why would the queen be manning the health line? Because she wasn't doing anything else last night. Oh, Her husband wasn't dying. That's for sure. <laughs> Apparently not. Not yet. Anyway. Not yet. Oh, he'll get his. <laughs> um, he, I mean, this could be a weekend at Bernie situation. Yeah. Like, he could he could have been on like little street wire for years and nobody yeah. would notice. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was complaining. Sorry to take us off topic. No, go but, for it. But but he's <laughs> feel free from, from your nappy rash. Yeah, I think any your cha- particular nappy rash. A change of subject might be a good thing at this point. But, <laughs> so uh, so. Mm. He is complaining and has been complaining for a few years. Mm. Uh, and of one nappy rash? Pro- possibly, probably because of the nappy rash. But he was like, going, I do, whatever, Queen Phillips. Queen Philip? <laughs> Prince Philip, whatever. His, his accent is. Okay, you gotta remember, this is a racist old bastard, basically. <laughs> oh, yes. If one's once nappy rash is quite bad. It's like, but he was complaining. I don't like these opening ceremonies that they keep making me go to. I have to stand up and wave at people. That was basically all his official duties were. <laughs> now he's retiring from that. He called everyone, all his staff, yeah. in at three a.m. He had an epiphany, going, "Wait a minute! I don't have to do this anymore." What a bloody outrage! I should have thought of this years ago. I'm going to quit my. Let's call it a not even semi job. <laughs> He yeah, quit yeah. basically going to opening ceremonies and being mm-hmm. treated like the guest of honour. Because he hated opening ceremonies of things, yeah. like sporting events and stuff. Like hospital wings and things like that. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think someone like said, oh, so you're not going to be standing as Prince? Like, I can barely stand at all anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, he does have a sense of humour, albeit a really nasty one. Yeah. I mean, the um, guy is 95 years old. So, yeah. you know, I, you can understand everyone's impression that, you know, he may have carked it. I think there's, like, I think what I will say about Prince Philip you know, um, is that he generates a lot of good stories. You know, I'm not saying that he he doesn't he doesn't tell good stories. No, but he, his behaviour generates some really amusing stories. If, Usually, in along the lines of him, like really like saying something inappropriate. You know, like shockingly inappropriate. Um, so that's fun. Uh, yeah. So he's he's old. But <laughs> sorry, getting back to me. And my life. I will uh, just say, like, just look up his stories about mm. the uh, he, the lunch club that he attends. I think yeah. it's called the Thursday Club or something like okay. that. The, the lunch club. There are some really, really bad racist stories that, that yeah. come out of that thing. Yeah, and possibly yeah. debauchery. Yeah. And it's... You, like you think at first, like mm. I don't trust anything the the uh, the tabloids say. Yeah. But there are sources that are a bit more reliable than the tabloids that come mm. out and say no, 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 no. This yeah. is all true. And you yeah. think, wow. Yeah, he's a fucking wow. Yeah, he's out there. Uh, but you know, the queen loves him for some reason, and you know, I'm sure well, that tolerates him at the very least. Yeah. So that's the thing. <laughs> at least, at least he's kept inside the palace and yeah. off the streets. Who yeah. knows what he'd do on the streets? Yeah, I don't know. Accost people, <laughs> shirt front them, or something. <laughs> um, something to do with zombie bites. Yeah. Yes. All right. Anyway, back to your nappy rash. Uh, your particular my, nappy rash. My nappy rash. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, she had a really bad night last night. Um, uh, we we called the nurse and she gave us some advice. Um, which was good. So I mean, I can relay that to our listeners if they're interested. But if you do. It, if you do have a kid with baby, a baby with nappy rash, what yep. you need to do 
is um, keep the butt dry. And that sounds harder than it... It's, it's harder than it sounds, you know, because um, when a baby wears nappies all day long, they're basically, like, s- sitting in, like, a wet, soggy piece of paper all day long. Yeah. Um, so what you do is you you buy a size of nappies that's too big for them. Yeah. So that the nappy isn't actually in contact with their skin. Ah. Uh, and you also... And this is the really fun part. Um, after every nappy change, after you've cleaned them up and such... Um, the nurse said, well, let her walk around without a nappy on for about 15, 20 minutes. That sounds dangerous. Yes. Did you do this in the bathtub? Walk around in the bathtub, uh, dear. <laughs> I wish we had. Instead, we let her roam around the living room. and uh, Near the carpet. And I didn't, On the carpet. Let me just say, I didn't realize quite how often she urinates. Okay. Uh, so this is something that I don't want to know but need to know for later on in, in my own particular daughter's see, when life. See, you, when you're an adult, and you forget this, you forget what it was like when you were an infant, um... When you're an adult, you hold your urine in, yeah, and then you expel it all in one go. You know, you, you save it up and then you let it all go. A kid just—it's sort of like the tap is kind of just always turned on a little bit, you know, and it's just constant—a constant sort of like like slow drip. Like you know, she'd just be wandering around, then a little like it comes out, you know, and then at least at least, little... at least you can follow her around the room. Ah, oh, yeah. she's been here very yes, recently. Yes, that's right. You can tell where she was, you know. Um, so now our living room kind of smells. Um, oh, that's why we're doing the podcast at my house tonight. It's, it's one of the reasons. <laughs> uh, so I have to probably get a carpet cleaner or something because it's really it's it really smells quite bad. I didn't really notice it till I came home from work oh, today. Okay, because yeah, when yeah. you when you're sort of like in an environment, it's like people that own like too many cats, you know. And oh yeah, you know that I mean? and, smell is disgusting. And they don't realize that their house stinks. Yeah, but you do when you go over there. Yeah, you're like oh, oh yes. you're like whoa, okay, too many cats here. I had an um, ex-girlfriend who's, yeah. who lived with her sister who yeah. owned way too many cats. Yeah. I think anything Which is like two, but yeah. like that's way too many cats. And you go over there mm. and, they, and they had run of the house. Like you didn't keep them yeah. in any particular room or that. Oh, it just smelled disgusting. Yeah. Because they were or anything. Yeah. You know, they have the litter tray, but whether they pee on it or not is kind of like, you know, it's, it's up any, to them. It's really like it's a, a personal cat it's choice. A roll of the dice, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it's, it's pretty gross. But you know what? I, I decided that like I don't care because I want my daughter's butt to get better because she was really miserable. Yeah, no, no. Um, and I, I mean, I would have put her in the in like the the bathroom personally, yeah, but that's yeah. just me. Like, but she would have been miserable in there. You know, she needs to roam free like a little free spirit. Um, because if you restrain her, if you restrict her or restrain her at all. She just goes ballistic. Um, well, my kid's blind, so you can probably trick her somehow. I'm yeah, guessing. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's. I don't want to talk about benefits or anything. I don't want to sort of. I don't want to start talking about it in that way because I think that's really inappropriate. But yes, you, you could say that that it's that there is one thing you can say about a blind kid is that they don't know they're being restricted. <laughs> You, you could know? you could probably turn them around in circles a couple of times. You put them in a in a playpen and they won't realize straight away that they're in a playpen, you know. Um but yeah, so not great, but on the plus side, um her butt has um uh started to sort of heal up a bit. So and she's much happier today. So that's good. So that's been me really. Um not a lot of games being played. I'm kind of focusing a lot on my astrology course right now. So doing a lot of homework and reading and things like that in my spare time rather than um, video games so much. But, you know, having said all that, um, I might make a little bit more of an effort to play games uh, and and different games, perhaps, over the next couple of weeks. 
um, not just Fallout constantly. So um, I'll hopefully come back with some more stories of different games a bit, maybe. That's, it's interesting yeah. because I was kind of really looking forward to hearing your, your next Fallout story to a certain yeah. extent, but you just kind of, you seem to have fallen off it a little bit or you don't seem as motivated. You might say I've fallen it. out of interest with... Uh, anyway. Yeah, you ruined that. I set I you up. I set you up. Yeah, yeah. There was a putt right into the hole. Yeah. And then I you just it. use your nine wedge iron whatever. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's a real club. And then you just, you basically hit yourself in the head with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm i at a point where um, there's a significant, again, I, I kind of explained it last time. There's a particularly difficult section that I'm playing through. Um, so what I did was I gathered up a whole bunch of, uh, of power cores my power armor which yep. is this big sort of sort of like a space marine suit of armor that you can get which you have to like put these cores into to, to, to like fuel to charge it up and that fuel runs out so you actually leave spoilers for fallout 4 but you start the game with this suit of power armor but they don't give you a lot of fuel for it so you get this like moment of like wow i'm so powerful and then you know you don't get to use it again but um i gathered a whole lot of power cores over my time playing the game and now that uh, this difficult section i'm like right I'm going to gather up all the fuel I have for this uh, suit of power armor, and I'm just going to freaking smash my way through this section, and that's been kind of cool. Um, so I'm working my way through that. I'll, I'll report back with more stories of Fallout, plus some other games potentially um, next next cool. next episode. But um, you, on the other hand, AC, it's kind of like we've swapped roles because I've been doing very little gaming. Yeah. Uh, you, on the other hand, have been focusing all your efforts on one game, on like I would. One. Normally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've kind of switched roles here. You, you just kind of. Mm. I mean, normally I would play games and wet my whistle across a whole different genre mm. of um, or plethora mm-hmm. of games and consoles because that's kind of what I do. I just kind of play something, and then you know, as soon as soon as I've wet my appetite enough, I just kind mm. of stop. Yeah. Sometimes I go back to things uh, if it's a game I really like or if it's a game I'm really having fun with. Mm. But sometimes you just need to experience something because you just wanted to have that particular gameplay experience. Mm. I've learnt a long time ago that there's a false economy about, you know, having to finish a game, especially retro games, mm. some of which you can't even finish. Yeah. You just kind of play them to have fun. Yeah. You don't need to finish games to, to, mm. to enjoy gaming. I think that's a... Yeah, it can be a real waste of time trying to beat a game you're not enjoying. It just gets frustrating and then you yeah. get bored with the genre, you know. Whereas, like, the way I play games, mm-hmm. very weirdly and inefficiently, <laughs> is that I will just play games and go, oh, well, that was a good day. And, you know, and sometimes stop even before I've had my fill, which is a little, yeah. which is a little bit... Leave yourself think, on a high. I think the, the best way to describe it is scratch the itch. Yeah. You know, I have a sudden itch sometimes to play a certain game and I'll go and play it, mm. whether it be on the main cabinet or one of my consoles. I had this itch to play Power Stone the other day mm. and I played it for about 45 minutes, which is actually quite a while with that game. And I scratched the itch and went, I had a lot of fun with that. Mm. Don't really want to go back to it tomorrow though. That's a Dreamcast game, by the way. Right. So, yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, so I have been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, you've been pretty much focusing all your energy in that in that game. Is uh, that right? I would say that... Are we talking nightly sessions of this game? Are we t- is that how deep... Are you sort of like... After you're going from work, you're like, okay, get Zelda. You know what? Yes, but mm. with an asterisk. Because I actually go and try and do other stuff before that. Because I know. Mm. I know deep in my soul. And mm. I don't even have a soul, listeners. I, there's no soul in here. You sold it for a Mars bar and 50 cents back in the 80s. <laughs> hey, that's a lot of money back then. That's right. You could buy a couple of Mars bars with that 50 cents. So I, what I did do, though, mm. was I kind of... I, I like to... I've been trying to get into more healthy habits recently. Yeah. Like, you know, cook dinner for myself rather than buying takeout or, you know, eat less or, you know, you know, have more fruit, uh, you eat less, 
that's the main thing, but I'm not doing it very well. That's why I said it twice. I mentioned eat less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think whatever, but I go for walks and stuff like that. Mm. And what I'm trying to do is do something healthy before I go into the really unhealthy thing, which is sit on my ass Mm -hmm. for two to three hours, four hours, maybe five hours. Anyway, (laughs) for many hours on, you know, at a time Mm. on weeknights, no less and play Zelda. Yeah. Because once you're in that game, there's always one more thing you can do. Yeah. There's always that one more thing. And you do something like get up a tower and activate the map for that, for that particular area. Mm. And then you go, oh, man, that was satisfying. Oh, hang on. There's someone up here with a side quest. I don't want to do it. Oh, but wait, I see a shrine over there. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. And so I have been doing a lot of that. Mm. And I love this game. I mm. think this brings in, like, I've played open world games before. Yeah. I played Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You punched Dragon to death, I believe. Yes. <laughs> I mentioned, may have mentioned that. It's famously. Famously. <laughs> I was the guy who punched Dragon to death first. I did first. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I did not. Uh, uh, but I, you know, it's I, I have experienced open world games. Mm. Um, this doesn't give you, like, you can do kind of whatever quest you want. There are a lot of secondary, you know, quests. And even if you get halfway through one of the main quests, you can still leave and go and do another part of the main quest. Mm. So I am really enjoying myself just kind of doing stuff and wandering around, activating things, finding shrines. Uh, I've got... Everyone has complaints about this game, Mm. but it kind of comes out about how perfect this game is. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing to say, but it's kind of like... If there wasn't this element in there, then you might feel a bit weird about it. It's almost like the the things that you complain about are actually like really important to the overall experience of the game. You know, like a lot of people complain about the climbing mechanic, but do you find that frustrating? Or no, no, because there you can almost get almost anywhere, whether you're meant to or not, yeah. depending on how good you are. Mm. Uh, the climbing mechanic isn't so bad. It's the rain mechanic that everyone complains about. Oh, yes. The rain is the other thing that people always whinge about because you can't really skip it. You have to, like, wait. Don't you? Yeah. Even sometimes there are places where you activate, uh, like, where, where it's raining. You think, mm. I'll wait it out by lighting a fire under this mm. under this little platform I found that's yeah. actually dry. And, you know, I'll wait till morning or mid-afternoon or whatever. Mm. And No. No, it's still raining. It's still raining. Yeah. 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 So you got to wait for that perfect moment when it's not raining to, you know, and just wander around and, and collect things. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, the rain, everyone complains about the the rain. Uh, I've got my own little things I complain about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are those things, AC? Well, I mean, like, I, 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 there are, the shrines are a thing that I keep finding. And I'm one of those people who likes to complete a shrine before they move on. Yeah. And so far, I've done all of the puzzle-solving ones. But there are a few of the combat ones, mm. which I've come across rather by accident, which are just too difficult for me. Okay. And i got to say, I am not good at combat in this game. I much prefer the exploring. I will. I do love fighting, like, little, you know, boglins and kind of, like, the fun enemies. Yeah. But as soon as it gets tricky, it's like AC just gets... Out of there. Mm. I am I am just a blip on your radar. I'm gone. Well, it seems like that they don't give you a lot of health to start the game with. No. Um, so you can get one-shotted pretty quickly. Um, that happened to me a lot. I didn't mind dying so much at first, but mm. what I did was I've done a number of shrines, maybe about between 20 and 30, I'd say. Yeah. And that's like only a few of them. Mm. Like a third. No, sorry. Like maybe a fifth or a sixth or something. There are 120 shrines. Mm. Uh, and I've got... A number of... And you when you get four, you get to choose either a heart, 
container or mm-hmm. a, a, or more stamina for your stamina for your stamina wheel. And I keep flicking back and forth about what I want because mm. every time, like I think, I keep thinking, I want more stamina. I really need to run faster for longer. Yeah. And then you get there, mm. and then you think, but I've died so much. Maybe one more heart container. And then you regret that decision. And then, you know, like you you got a little bit more stamina. Mm. And the stamina wheel is kind of funny because I thought like you filled up a quarter each time, but it's actually only about a fifth. Uh. And the wheel around the outside seems to deplete a lot faster than the wheel in the middle. So it gives you a little bit, but not as much as you think it does. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a little... So you're not really getting a lot... Uh, so when you when you upgrade your stamina, would you say that I mean how much how much is it increasing that wheel by like a significant amount or just like a? It looks like a significant amount when but you it goes, do it, but it goes quick. But it goes. It yeah. seems to me that it goes quicker. So it's kind of like you think you might be getting like oh I've got like fifteen percent more, but it might be only be like seven percent more or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's pretty finely balanced, I guess. It is. It yeah. is, and it, it's balanced in a really well, in a really good way because you can still get to a lot of the places that mm. you need to get to. You just need to be more. Careful careful yeah and i'm not a careful gamer mm. i kind of throw myself at enemies i've only just finished the first uh divine beast okay and there's how many of those to- there are four of those and then you know you get a heart container you get a special ability the special ability you get from the first one that i did which was the zora one the fish people okay is that when you die you get an, another life, basically, with a oh. few more e- extra added temporary heart containers. Oh, nice. Okay, that's yeah. that's nice. And then it takes mm. 20 minutes to activate again, so or 25 minutes. So right, so you don't just constantly get that. You don't yeah. constantly get it. No, no. It, you're not you're not basically invincible. You need to wait it out a little bit. But and that would make boss fights and stuff a lot easier. I would think so, mm. except I haven't been in a boss fight yet, so I don't know, because there are some situations where they don't activate. Right, okay. So, the boss fights might be one of those, but yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Well, all right, I'm interested to hear more. I, I really enjoy your tales from... Um, uh, what's the country called? Hyrule. Hyrule, thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, tales from Hyrule. It's, it seems like you're really enjoying it. It's cool to see you actually get super into a, an open world game. I mean, it's, it's a genre of games that I've enjoyed a lot um, over the past few years. And um, this one seems to really be hitting... It's hitting you right... How do I say? It's it's getting its hooks into you. It really has yeah. gotten its hooks in, yeah. into me. And it's it's very rare that a modern game would do that. Mm. Uh, because I'm not... You know, I, I will play modern games and I like a lot of modern games. But mm. for, for something to influence me this much, it must be a good game. And of course, it's by Nintendo. Roll your eyes out there. Yeah. But it's, it's so well refined and it's such a good game. Mm. And, you know, even if you get stuck somewhere, you can just go, ah, oh, bugger this. I'll just come back here later. Mm. And just go off and explore and do your own thing and just fight other enemies. And, you know, sometimes stumble across more powerful weaponry. I discovered this, like, great flame sword. And I knew I wasn't meant to be there because I kept dying. Mm. But what I did was run into this, like, particular island Mm. in the middle of this pond, Mm. which basically had, like, some really overpowered enemies in there, grab the sword and, like, basically fling myself off the edge and paraglide to safety (laughs) because I couldn't defeat the enemies. Uh. And I was like, I'm the smartest guy. Oh, my God, I got hit by a rock. I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's part of the joy of open world games is trying to kind of, like... I wouldn't say cheat the system, but like outsmart it. You know, there is a lot of outsmarting yeah. in this yeah. game. Yeah, but that, I think the games are designed with that in mind. You know? Yeah, yeah. There are multiple ways you can do that. Some of the hmm. some of the shrines have bugged me a little bit, but yeah. like I, I really love the more esoteric puzzle solving ones where there's hmm. this brilliant one where it was there was this electrical current basically that flows through the ground. Okay, you can see it illuminated, and you get basically 
uh, like big metal objects which you use to connect all the circuits. Ah, uh, okay. And then basically you run out of them at one stage and you think, oh, what am I going to do? And then you throw, spoilers here, your sword, which you recently got over the, the contacts and it bridges... It basically bridges the gap, ah. and then you get everything flowing through. You think, ah, that's how you do it. And you feel right. so very smart for doing that, even yeah. though it's actually a pretty simple puzzle. Okay. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the combat ones, I'm not so good at. Yeah, well, maybe now that you've got that sort of, like, second chance ability, you might um, find yourself being a bit more... Um, uh, Adventurous in combat? Yeah, yeah. but willing to take risks and things like that. I, I do yeah. take risks, but that's also my problem, is that I die so quickly. And the thing that the fact that your weapons deteriorate must make you a bit reluctant to, to just fight everything you see. Because you're like, well, do I really want to waste this sword on this guy? Yeah, that's the thing. I've come across a couple of guardians. I yeah. found a guardian basically trapped in a pit where I could just, like, throw whatever I wanted down there, like bombs and stuff and I threw a couple of things down there and shot it with arrows and just kind of went no I've basically depleted like 1% of its health yeah you know bugger this I kind of like the fact that there are like areas of the game with like high, highly leveled enemies and things because a lot of games don't do that like you know the uh, I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast but um, you know like the Bethesda games like uh, Skyrim and stuff they um, the, the, the world levels up with you yeah so an enemy that's challenging at level two, for example, will be just as challenging at level 20 in theory. Like, I mean, you get more abilities and that's what makes you more powerful. But like on a blow to blow kind of basis, if you're not using special powers, then just as difficult at level one as they are at level 20. Yeah. And I think that is kind of lame in a way. Like I kind of enjoy the idea that you could go to an area and find enemies that are just way more powerful than you oh, and be yeah. like oh okay I really shouldn't be here right now like that feeling is is cool you know and it but reminds me of the old really, games if really really good at the game yeah. you can defeat those enemies and you that's one of the great good. things about yeah. it is that if you do have that skill level and mm. I am not a good gamer especially with these sorts of games modern games mm. but I have seen my skill level increase to the point where I go, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing now a mm. lot better than I was at the start of the game. If I started this game, you know, like, I'd totally go to this area first because I kind of know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's cool. It's sort of like, if you are, if you feel confident enough or if you have the skills, then you can go for this high-level gear or whatever it is that's hidden in this place. But, yeah. but like, you know, you got to be careful because the baddies there are pretty tough. So, I, I, think that's, I think that's cool. I like that challenge, that risk-reward thing. Um, I think... You know, the Bethesda games potentially have... I mean, like, I can see why they do it. I can yeah. see... Because, like, in theory, highly-leveled en- enemies that just kill you with one hit is not fun. But there's this other side of it where, like, you know, you can outsmart it. Or you can sort of try and, like, exploit it and, and, yeah. and get the goodies. Um, you know, get the loot or whatever it might be. And um, you have a lot of powers at your yeah. disposal. My my main problem is pressing a whole bunch of different buttons at once because there's so many abilities and I'm familiar with the buttons, but I always press the wrong one at the, <laughs> at the wrong time. It does seem like, like I need the... to do this very quickly. Oh, God, I've really bugged it up. Oh, now I'm dead. I mean, what, you, you let me play the game for a little bit last time I was around here and um, I had to admit that I found the control scheme a little um, counterintuitive, um, but maybe it just takes time to get used to. I don't think it's... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't find it counterintuitive just because I don't play a whole bunch of modern games. I mm. do find it complicated more than anything else yeah but these twin stick games usually do take a lot of a lot of uh time to get used to you know whenever i pick up a new a new uh console game a modern console game um it takes me a while to get 
to get used to the controls, you know. And occasionally you will, like, you know, throw a grenade at your feet or something like that. It's just, that happens to me know, a lot. Like, yeah. I, I often drop a bomb and then detonate it yeah. right away. And I go, oh, no, I was meant to get away first. Because yeah. it's just my brain goes, bomb, detonate, haha. But you find that by the end of the game, you're quite competent. So I think you'll be fine. I think you just have to keep playing it. I and, think, uh, yeah, that is something that I do have the time at mm. the moment to do, which yeah. is good. I, I've also gotten to this habit because you can cook food and elixirs, mm. which you can store and use later on in the game. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the game, I thought, wow, I'm going to be so good at this. And I tried to cook a whole bunch of really random ingredients together. And yeah. I got like basically a quarter heart or like unknown food substance. Yeah. Which doesn't really heal you. It's almost like you need a guide or something. Yeah. And yeah. then I noticed that I was overcomplicating myself. If you cook this one thing, like this one ingredient, yeah. it gives you like really like three extra hearts in battle and uh, stuff. It's like, oh, I see now. It doesn't need to be overly complicated. You can yeah. just cook really simple things i am an idiot <laughs> yeah but i mean the game the game what i've heard anyway is that the game doesn't really give you a lot of um information it does give you information it's just that how you process that information yeah. like everything says if you cook this with something else it'll be really good or if you just cook this it'll be really good and i always interpret that as i should cook this with a whole bunch of other things that says you should cook this yeah you're filling in the blanks a bit but maybe you aren't meant to fill in the blanks yeah exactly sort of you, need, you need to start simple in this game yeah okay that, that's some good advice there start simple cool i'm really li- i'm really in- Liking that you're you're digging this game, and I'm um, keen to hear more as, as and and watch you play more of it as well because it's a cool game to watch someone. Yeah, play, I so. I quite enjoy watching people play this. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I will say life stuff. My wife and baby. Uh, they're well uh, they're well but yeah. they're still over in Japan I'm yeah. not sure 100% when they're going to be back yet I think around maybe the first week of June hopefully okay. about maybe about another month or so sure so, um, we've, we've still got a bit of time here I guess mm. uh, alright well look forward to them being back yeah, oh yes yeah. that's that's a date that uh, when it's nailed down completely which I think at the moment is the 8th of June you okay. know barring any, any tragedies mm-hmm. um, other than that though I, re- I think uh, the only thing left to talk about is something that we both did, mm-hmm. which was my birthday. Yes, yeah, so we should fill in, fill in listeners um, about the birthday because you um, are now at the ripe old age of 36. I am indeed. Um, and uh, you had a little, a little shindig um, last weekend. I did. And it was something of a... Like, I had a bit of a rough week, mentally speaking. I don't really usually talk about my, my mental health that much, but uh, mm. I, was, I was feeling pretty... Uh, pretty overloaded in everything I was doing, really. So mm. I, I, by the time people actually came around for my party, I was a little bit out of it already, yeah. and I wasn't even drunk or drinking that much or anything. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we had a good time that night. Yeah. I, I basically bought a massive box of party pies and sausage rolls <laughs> yeah. from uh, from Costco. Yep. yep. We we cooked those up, and it was kind of Nintendo's wet dream in a lot of ways because yeah. <laughs> we had a whole bunch of people turn up to this party. With their Nintendo Switches. Yeah, it was almost exactly like the ad from the um, when the reveal trailer for the Switch. You know, it was really funny actually to see people turn up at a at a house party, Switch in hand, ready to have some fun Nintendo party times. There um, were literally three Switches yeah. in the house. Yeah, and at one point I think there were six people playing the Switch. Yeah, I mean different Switches, different Switches, but, and some people were yeah. I think tethering with uh, Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. Someone very graciously uh, drew. Mm-hmm. Got uh, you the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yeah, Mario Kart. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and I actually which is good because I actually went to the Switch event with him in Japan yeah. as well like he he invited me along to that event which was really cool mm. 
So it was it was a really fun party. It wasn't like on a rooftop. Um, no, but you know we, we were all geeks and nerds, and we were drunk, and that was a thing. I mean, it's kind of awesome to think that. I mean, it really makes me think that the Switch might really take off because I haven't seen anything like this since the the Wii first came out. It's yeah. sort of like mass enthusiasm for a Nintendo console. I don't think it's going to be as big as the Wii, but no. I think it I think there's something there which has motivated people to say this is a fresh Nintendo console. It's not like the Wii U which is like the Wii with now with new uh, Fisher Price yeah. LCD screen in your hands. I think the Wii U I think we can agree was a bit of a misstep or like I mean the, it was a good idea. It was there's some cool games as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know. there's a there's a respectable library, which is how I'd put it. Yeah, but it just didn't quite it didn't quite capture the imagination of the um of the people the way that the Wii did. Yeah. And I think the Switch is doing a lot more of that. And you know, just just from like purely anecdotal evidence of me seeing the way that people at your party were enjoying that system. Uh, I think there's uh, some good hopes for that system, but I mean, what else? What else happened at, at, at your party? You, you were doing a lot of shots. At some I was. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, a lot yeah. of alcohol was consumed. It was. Yeah, uh, and I was already kind of out of it. And I think I don't think I strayed. Like I, when I woke up the next morning, I was fine. I wasn't mm. hungover or anything like that. I just like I think I stayed at the same level a lot of the night because mm. I was like expending a lot of energy talking and looking after people and making sure people are having a good time and doing the host thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like I, I thought it was going to be a really crappy host and uh, I think I was to a certain extent but you know I think everyone <laughs> had a good time and yeah. that's the main thing yeah uh, the best thing about the party was that uh, your lovely wife oh. made me the best cake ever <laughs> yeah because you, you know in, in years past your wife your your lovely wife Maria um, would bake you a um, a cake that had like a nerdy theme or like an AC specific theme yeah she's she's uh, basically yeah. made like a Doctor Who cake she's made a Yoshi cake a, um, a Game Boy s- cake but the Stargate. best one was the Stargate yeah. cake it was like shaped with all 39 symbols the sh- all all of the chevrons mm-hmm. and like a little cupcake DHD yeah. on the front. That was that was really cool. Very that cool. Very very cool. And when my wife and I realised that your wife wouldn't be home for your birthday, our first thought was, "Ah, oh, there's no one there to make a cool cake for you." And yeah. we were like, "It's like it's sad to think that you would have a birthday without a cool nerdy AC themed." cake so we um we took it upon ourselves to um to make you a cake well i mean I, um, to be honest i i did the creative part and meg did all the work so and really hats off to my wife who's an amazing cook it um, looked really good and not yeah. only that it tasted really good like yeah. we had a lot of people who like i cut pretty thick slices and it was mostly gone by the end did we describe i don't think we just said what the cake was yeah it was, it was a yeah. it, it is shaped in an nes as yeah. an NES, I should say, as mm. the Nintendo Entertainment System with a controller on top. Yeah. Not only that, but with the wording Nintendo Entertainment System across the um, the latch at the front, mm. which you put the the um, cartridge in, mm. which is very very impressive. Like how you got the writing on there, and you got the color right, and the color scheme was correct, and mm. like the controller had a cord, mm. and it was just one to one. And it was a vanilla cake with like strawberry jam and cream in the middle. Mm. And everyone loved it. Mm. And everyone was like, is there any leftover? And I said, yeah, you can come over and have some the next day, but you have to help me clean up. And then nobody turned <laughs> up because there was a big mess. Uh, I'm glad it went down well. And my wife is really happy to know that everyone enjoyed it. So yeah, um, I mean, she spent all day making that cake. Yeah, it was a fantastic, magnificent yeah. cake. Yeah. So I think uh, we should probably get on with the quiz. Yeah, we should run out of time. So I'll wrap it up with um, a fun quiz for you. Do, do, do. 
All right, Rob, as per usual, you've told me nothing about what this quiz is, yeah, what but... it contains, what it's about. Yeah. Look, you may have guessed. You, 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 might, you might have guessed. I want to tell you, you'll, you'll know why. Okay. All right, so, you know, we've um, talked about Double Dragon a lot today, and Double yep. Dragon obviously had a lot of ports. Uh, so I thought, let's do a quiz about ports, you know, because you know a lot about video game history and stuff. And okay, yeah, this, this is where you find so. out that I'm a fraud and I know actually nothing. Yeah, so this is a quiz. It's all about ports. Okay. So, I see there's ten questions. Um, they're not true or false. It's just sort of like a general hodgepodge of different things. All right, so, all right. All right, we'll see how we go. So, uh, I have no clever name for this quiz. It's just called the Ports Quiz, <laughs> let's say. Portamonga. Yeah, all about ports. Portaroo. All right. Porta Potty. Should have used Porta Potty, dude. Portugal. <laughs> Portugal. Porta Potty, it's basically perfect. Yeah, okay. I, I should have. I wish I was. I wish I had your brain. I really do. You really don't. Trust me. You do not want my brain. <laughs> it's all that. Pant- not even I want my brain. It's just all panties in there, really. Um, <laughs> it's just 24 7 panties. Okay, 10 questions. Question number one Panties. Let's learn about ports together. Okay. Uh, AC, num- question number one. Under the former under the former WA Liberal government, yep. the Fremantle port was planned to be privatised. With the recent change of government in Western Australia, will the port still be privatised? Yes, it will be. Oh, okay, alright. Controversial opinion there. Yeah, it needs to it needs to be privatised because democracy is a lie. <laughs> I put unlikely as this was a key election issue for Labour. But uh, <laughs> Alright. Alright. Well, well that's let's, a little, let's little agree contentious to there. Disagree to disagree on that one. Half a point each. Question number two. I'll give you that point. Which port receives the most shipping in the world? Uh, I would say uh, oh, Oh, you know, I... In terms of tonnage. Hong Kong. Uh, Shanghai, actually. Shanghai. Shanghai. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't yeah. get that one. Yeah. The, the largest port per tonnage in the world. Question number three. Yep. Which country has seven of the ten biggest ports in the world? Which uh, Seven of the ten. China. Correct. China has... Uh, I'll read them out for you. Shanghai. Yep. Tianjin. Tianjin, yep. Guangzhou. Ning- Guangzhou, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. Ningbo, I've never heard of before. Mm, Southern. Yep. Suzhou. Yep. Uh, Qingdao and Dalian. Uh, Dalian. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, seven of the ten. China. Okay. Really a heavy hitter in the ports game. Yeah, oh, makes sense. You know, big coast, but even bigger country on the inside. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of people. And, you know, f- fun fact, a lot of people live in China. Question number four. Uh, which is the busiest port by tonnage in Australia? Uh, by tonnage. By tonnage. You know, I kind of want to say Newcastle. It's Port Headland. Port Headland. Because uh, the iron ore. It's all about the iron ore. See, that's what I was thinking yeah. about Newcastle. Yes. Because they used to be a heavy iron ore distributor. Yeah, but these days Headland has... Uh, okay. It's, it's actually one of the largest iron ore loading ports in the world. In the world, okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay, question number five. Which is the busiest port by tonnage in the USA? The old US of A, God bless her. Oh, okay. And it might, it might not be what you think. It might not be what I think. But it might be what you think. <laughs> oh, well. That doesn't narrow it down, does it? Panties uh, port. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> Tokyo. No, uh, <laughs> AKA Tokyo. Um, all right. They're shipping uh, a big shipping containers full of... <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would imagine it would be a, a Pacific port because of... Uh, exit and entry to China. So I'm going to say Seattle. 
Actually, it's the port of South Louisiana, which is weird. Isn't, never... isn't that in? That's 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 on like the uh, the Atlantic coast. Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, okay, I was wrong. So was there you wrong. go. I caught at least in twenty twelve through twenty fourteen. That right, was I'm the, not doing uh, so well at this video game history quiz. I know, I know. It's funny. Your video game knowledge is not serving you well in this. It really isn't. Like yeah. I really thought I was going to do well in this quiz. All right, question number six. Yep. What was the name of the famous port of the city of ancient Athens? What was what was ancient Athens port? Rhodes. No, Piraeus. Oh, oh, I, think, I wasn't going to get that one. I think one. it was Py- uh, Piraeus, actually. Sorry, Piraeus. Yeah. Piraeus. Rhodes isn't even in. Isn't yeah. even in ancient. You could walk. Greece, is it? You could walk to um, Piraeus from Athens, so it was sort of part of the city. Okay. Anyway, I'm not sure whether I count that, but you know. Eh. All right. Question. <laughs> I'm not an ancient Greek. I don't run around with tackle on the outside <laughs> well, during my Olympic events. So, maybe you, know. you. Maybe you should be. Yeah. Well, a lot of chafing there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Make a nappy rash. Uh, question number seven. Wow, we bring everything full that's right, cycle that's here. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, callbacks. Mm-hmm. Question number seven. Okay. In which... This is a good one. In which modern country yeah. can be found the oldest port in the world? In this country? In which country? Oh, in which country? Or which country in the world can the oldest port in history be found? Where... It's, wh- is it still there? In, is it still operational? Still... Okay. Uh, possibly. <laughs> All right. Which country has the oldest port? Okay, let's just put it that way. Ah, oh, you know that's so difficult. But Egypt. You know, yeah, I'll give you points for that because it's a bit up in the air. It's either Lebanon or Egypt. Lebanon has a port named Byblos, which some people believe was in use as early as three thousand BC. Yeah, uh, shipping uh, timber uh, Makes because sense. The, the Lebanese um, cedars were um, very famous. Actually. A little bit of Bible history for you, apparently used in the construction of the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, yeah. So there you go. So possibly uh, Byblos in Lebanon, uh, but archaeologists found a port in Egypt um, that is over four thousand five hundred years old. So it could have been it could have been Egypt. The Byblos thing is more of like a I would say like a literary thing, whereas yeah. they found actual evidence of this port in Egypt. So yeah, yeah. any points for that? Okay, I- I'm going to take that point. I'm not doing so well, so I'm going to grab any point that I can <laughs> in, in in this particular quiz. You've already got five themed quiz. Yeah. Question number eight: Which Russian port on the Baltic coast was built in 1703 after it was captured from Sweden by Peter the Great? Hang on, one more time. Which Russian port yep. on the Baltic coast Ooh. was built in 1703 after it was captured from Sweden Ooh, okay. by Peter the Great? Uh, the famous um... Baltic coast, west, the western part of Russia on the Baltic yep. coast. Name the port that was built in 1703. I just want to say the Moscow port. Even though it's not the Moscow, I know Moscow doesn't stretch back. I think in Moscow's names. landlocked. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it is very landlocked. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tsar, Tsar's port, Saint <laughs> Petersburg. Saint oh, Petersburg. okay, all right, okay. Yep. Yeah, that, that was my third guess. They needed a port. Russia didn't have a port at that time, and they were like, "We'll just take one from Sweden." Lousy that Swedes. sounds fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. They've got plenty of ports. Those Swedes. Yeah. They can they can spare a port for old Russia. Question number nine. Uh, which port yep. on the coast of northern France yep. was a possession of the English crown from 1346 to 1558 AD? Uh, the Channel Port. <laughs> which port on the? You're, not, you're just going to just going to say that? All right, it was Calais. Calais was a possession of England for um, over 200 years. The hell kind of word is Calais? Sounds like one of them foreign words. <laughs> it's like one of them wog words. 
<laughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> what those wog words? Uh, if you're not Australian, you know what the word wog means. Yeah. Uh, look it up. Yeah, it means a lovely person from Europe. Uh, all right, question number ten. AC. Yep. I I I got to say I haven't been doing so well in this no in this, in this quiz. I know. Uh, I just before this quiz started, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about. Uh, like seaports, yeah. and then I realised <laughs> that was probably that was what probably I what you were going to do, and you thought you were going to be so smart. I know, but you are smarter than me. You are a fox to the fox because I've just been, you know, just I, the other thing I could have done is answered Port Arthur to every single one of these, which would have been in really poor taste. I'm glad you didn't. I'm really glad I didn't either. Yeah, but we're, we're down to the last question. Question here. number ten: In which Tasmanian city were many? No. Um, <laughs> All right, no, 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 no. You no, almost no. got me there. No, 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 no. You almost got me. No, 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 no. Okay. Question number ten. Yeah. According to yep. known port scholar Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> the Mos Eisley spaceport on Tatooine yep. is a wretched hive of what? Scum and villainy. Correct. Points for you. <laughs> okay. Scum and villainy. You were going to go somewhere with that last question. <laughs> no, no. I didn't think it was video games, but uh, it certainly wasn't going to be the norm. There you go. Well, it seems you need to learn a lot more about your ports. AC. I do indeed. And uh, with that, that brings us to the end of episode 32 of Game Life Balance Australia. So okay. thank you. That, that was a very funny joke, Rob, but where's yeah. the real quiz? <laughs> I don't have one. I, I could literally, <laughs> I hope you know, I hope you know that I could literally give you a quiz off the top of my head right now about ports, <laughs> about actual video game ports. I know. Right off the door, I won't do it because that's boring for all concerned. <laughs> Who would want to hear a, a video game quiz on a video game podcast? <laughs> We're that's, a lifestyle podcast. That's, but you know, everyone learned about Shanghai and uh, and about um, uh, the port of Louisiana. So, frankly, all... I'm glad I got three points out of that. <laughs> there you go. Because most of your esoteric questions were about the friggin' ancient world where there's no evidence one way or the other. I had two questions about the ancient world. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. You, you're some kind of woggy France world. I don't know. <laughs> God. Uh... And with that racist slur, <laughs> thanks for listening to episode 32 of Game Life Balance Australia. I got wog blood in me. The Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You want some wog blood? You I can, got some right here. I always want that sweet, sweet blood. You can visit us on the Weeb at <laughs> Weeb at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com. That's GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com, where you'll find links to our podcast feeds, video content, and links to our sister show in the US. And those guys uh, do a podcast as well. It's pretty good. It's called the same thing as us. Check it out. They're all right. They're not called Australia, by the way. No. Not, no. That would be funny, though. That would be weird if they, if they did do that, though. Can we do that once? Can like, we that, change that's our totally name to something we should set up. Like, we do one of their episodes, they do one of our episodes, and just pretend to be each other. I think we should play off their, like, comparative popularity <laughs> by changing our name to Game Life Balance US and causing mass confusion amongst the listeners. We could be the, We are technically the original. Yeah, we are right. technically the original that's US. Right. Sorry, not US. Game Life Balance. Yeah, the original US. <laughs> we rebelled against England first. We threw our tea in the harbour first. I hated that tea anyway. Lousy Liptons. Uh, so, if you like, we are also sort of on social media. You can follow uh, old AC here at ProdTally on Twitter. Yep. And we also have an official uh, Twitter feed at GLB Australia, which apparently has been taken over by some sort of right-wing propagandist. <laughs> So um, how would you know? You're not even on the internet. If you like your Donald Trump memes, then go there. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing with that account. I really don't. We'll make America great again with GLB Australia. <laughs> I barely have time for my own Twitter account. Yeah, 
Yep. And the Daily Lump. And like going to another Twitter account and going, oh God, I need to do something and think of something different to put other than like the latest episode. Yeah. It's actually really hard. Yeah, it is. That's, that's the problem I had. And that's why I stopped bothering <laughs> God, I hate you so much. Yeah, I've I've lumped you with a with a with a curse. I've really I've put a burden on your shoulders. I really actually want to just do something really outlandish, and just like insult a whole bunch of people. And mm-hmm. but then our like show would get a lot of hate. Yeah. But anyway, uh, hate us. Uh, you know, give us a give us a hate review at uh, <laughs> Robert Bailey. Give us a terrible org dot com dot gov. I don't know. Send us hate 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 emails. Fuck we actually shit. do have an email account. If you want to send us letters and questions and stuff, we might actually do a questions episode. If anyone could be bothered sending questions in, and I think it's called letters at gamelifebalanceaustralia dot com. Yeah. So do send, send in stuff there if you like. Do you check that account? Mm, yes, I do. I do actually. Good. It's on my phone, so I can't help but check it. So. Did, did do you do we ever have we ever received anything? No. no. <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. No. Thing Ask on air near. Near, I'm afraid not. Near. Um, All right. Yeah, that's about it for us. Uh, but uh, yeah, next uh, next episode will be episode 33. Yep. We'll probably have a different game to talk about, I assume. No, not me. No, but, we'll just know. talk about Double Dragon again because there's, <laughs> there's just so much to talk about. All right. Thank you very much for listening. I am AC. This is Rob. Goodbye. Goodbye. So Rob, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I just—it's a good game. I like you keep. You're never going to play this again because you don't have the time. Or friends who want to play. It. Yeah, or friends. I'm. I'm not a friend who like. No, Dungeons. no. You're what? more of like a frenemy. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Friends with frenifits. <laughs> yeah. And what frenifits? <laughs> yeah. So I, I've what I've done. What I've been doing recently is whenever I come come up with a or I come across a name that I think would be a cool name for a character in a D and D game. Yeah. I write it down. All right, what have, what have you got? I've got five names in my phone that I've written down so far. And I'm probably going to use these in, in probably in like a video game, not so much in a real D&D game. Yep. Because, you know, what are the odds of me ever playing that again? Zero. We've discussed this. Yeah. Okay, what, what are the names? So, Give me the names. And I read these names out to you. Yep. Uh, okay, I think they're pretty good. Okay. Quite, uh, and this is in no particular order. Um, Wessel Elferink. Wessel Elferink. He sounds very high knobbish. Yeah. I'm like, yes, like, he always carries a little spot of tea with him. Yeah, Wesley. I'm imagining like a, a wizard or something yep. like that. You know, some highfalutin type. Amanda Pashley. Amanda Pashley. I don't know where I saw. That. I think I might have seen it in the credits like, of a movie or something. Kind, like that. kind of like Amanda Hug and Kiss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amanda Pashley. Everyone, I'm looking for Amanda Hug and Kiss. Everyone, I need Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Oklahoma Dan. <laughs> Okay, that just sounds like something out of Fallout. Yeah. Oklahoma Dan, that's a pretty cool name. Yep. I'm actually like a fighter or something like that, you know. Some guy with a sword. Um, Yonsonus Barbie. <laughs> Yonsonus. Yonsonus Barbie. Yeah, okay. And I came up with that name when I was looking at a, a bottle of um, baby bath that had Johnson's baby on it. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if it was if it, I, I pronounced it Yonsonus Barbie? <laughs> so that's where that name came from. And uh, last but not least, Cyber Capone. Cyber Capone we just came up with. Yeah, so that, was, that was one I added to tonight. You know what so. my D&D name would be? Mm. Gary... Space. The creator of D&D. <laughs>
Because that's that's the guy's name, isn't it? That's the bloke's name, Gary. Gary, the creator of TNT. Well, I don't know his last name. Is Gary Gavinoff or something? Gary Gygax. Guy, whatever. You fuck that name. But I would be Gary. Gary, the creator of D and D, and everyone have to address me as Mister Creator of D and D, or possibly at some stage during my campaign, Sir Creator of D and (laughs) D. Just change your name to Gary Gygax. No, no, the creator of D and D, because that way people will like. I will really be disrespecting the game. Yes, if that's what you want to do, if you want to upset all the D and D nerds out yeah. there, well, you're doing a pretty bloody good job of it. So. Excellent.